0: Welcome to the ministry of Mercy Seek Ministries and Evangelist Pat and Karen Jackson. We believe that the message you are about to hear will mightily change your life. Open your heart, mind, and spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. We must declare it to the next generation. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew the 25th chapter. I want to move into this word, and the, I'm taking it to another level today. Now, trust me, it's going to be a little different today. Uh, we'll shout, and we'll do an illustrated sermon next Sunday morning for Campus Days, but today, can I teach a little bit? Is that all right? Can I disciple just a bit? Can I talk to you about the giftings and the talents? In fact, the title of the message is, Talented but Dangerous, Gifted but Broken. You know what? There's something awesome about somebody realizing that God can use them. One of the things I love, and and maybe it's the the heartbeat of traveling and ministering to students for years. I love the forerunner school. I love seeing students get on fire or realizing that they have talents or giftings. Here's my goal this morning. I want to take this series to the next level. Because I've met a lot of talented people that are dangerous. I've met a lot of gifted people that need to understand brokenness. And believe it or not, talents and giftings are two different things. And I want to take and teach you for a moment on the three types of gifts that God gave the church. We'll go to that in just a moment. I want to tell you that God's been waiting on you. I want to tell you you're not an oops, you're not an accident. God has been wanting to use you, but maybe you don't think he can. So you may not like this message very much this morning. Because it might actually make you a little miserable. Because you may realize that we are squandering days and time and God is saying, I'm waiting on you. I know you're waiting on me to raise somebody up, waiting on another Billy Graham to be born, but I, I shouted when you were born. I said it is good when you were born. The angels cheered when you were born. But there's a big difference in talent and giftings. You need both. In fact, I'm going to teach you about how the talent leads to the giftings. The concept is some people maybe don't know their talents yet. Singing may not be it. Maybe mama lied to them. Okay, that happened to my brother. Um... Sorry, I was looking for my niece. Hannah, don't tell him I said that. Then there's others that their talents they are going to have to give an account for. The Bible says every knee shall bow. Romans chapter 14, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I honestly believe that the most embarrassing church service in history will be on that great, ju- great white judgment throne day. But I also think there will be a little embarrassing also over at the bema seat of Christ. The seat where the Christians are asked what they should have done. Over at the great white judgment throne, people that would never use their giftings, whether it was Sinatra, whether it was Kurt Cobain, whoever it might have been. Maybe it was Elvis. If you ask my mom, Elvis is in heaven. She's prayed about it. But people that never use their giftings for Jesus will give an account. And what you have to understand is there's a difference in talents and giftings. My favorite part of that video is that little girl, six years old, just got up and sang. She's just now discovering who she's going to be. I've been teaching out of Matthew chapter 25, and again, you'll also find it in Luke. It's two different times that Jesus taught on the talents and how serious it really was. And we know the whole story. You know that a talent is the balance. It's the weight. The word talent means weight or balance. It's the thing that brings about who you are. It's the balance thereof. It also means a coin. Matthew 25, we know the story. I've been teaching on it for three weeks now. I have. Pastor Sean has. And pray for Pastor Sean and Enid. They are actually in New Mexico doing a wedding today. And uh, pastor, part of being a youth pastor for many years means that you now do all the weddings. And so... Pastor Sean and Enid are there, so, so pray their protection as they come home tomorrow. But I've been teaching you about the five and the two and the one talented people. You know, there's a lot of people that keep showing up with, their, with dirt on their one talent. We know the story. He walks up. Remember what I told you? The master was not responding to a brand new servant. He was responding to a preconceived understanding of who that person was already. He knew what obedience was in their life. He was giving them one more chance. To the five, he gave five talents, who brought back five more. To the two, he gave two talents, who brought two back. And then we know the story of the one. And the one comes back with a little dirt on it. I knew you to be a hard taskmaster. What it says. We know what it says in God's word right up there. He says, hey, to two of them, come and share in your master's happiness. Come and be a part of it. But then we know the man who had received the one talent. Verse 24, Mastery said, I knew that you were a hard man. Harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. What do you mean? Maybe he was responding to their already pre- preconceived uh, productivity, maybe he knew the, no, the one with five was going to bring back five more. The two, yeah, he's starting to get it. He's going to bring it back. But the one, I bet the master wasn't ticked off because he didn't have an increase. He was ticked off because he was hoping the guy would finally get it. It's just a theory. He goes away, and I bet the servants at that moment decide, what should we do now? Now, you're going to help me preach today. I know there's a lot of people gone, but I need you to talk to me today. Is that all right? Everybody say amen. Because I'm here to encourage you that God put talents in you. He put giftings in you. If you ever put the two together, you might just shake a nation. You might just shake your workplace. You might just shake your neighborhood. If you begin to understand the kiss from heaven when you were born, He put things in you. And if you ever grab hold of the Spirit, wow. But pastor, write this down. Can you be talented and not gifted? The question that's come up throughout this series the Summit's Got Talent series. The question that keeps coming up is, Pastor, what is the difference between talents and giftings? What do you mean? There's similarities and there's differences between talents and spiritual gifts. Both are gifts from God. I believe that with all my heart. Both grow in effectiveness with use. Both are intended to be used on behalf of, of others and not for selfish purposes. Everything God's given you, it's not about you. But I've met a lot of talented people that work for the devil. And I can even remember growing up in church, it wasn't about the giftings. It was about the talent. They would let people on the platform on Sunday morning that had been partying the night before playing in a bar. But just as long as you were talented, we need you. There's actual churches that pay people. Doesn't matter their life. Doesn't matter whether or not they're pure. And, and, but see what I've learned is a balance. I've learned that, that man, we'll take a chance on anybody, but I've also learned I don't want anything touching the anointing that's up here. I want it to stay pure. Even if you can't sing, you may have the worst voice in the whole wide world. I'll hand you a mic and turn you off just because you, you know how to worship. And see what you got to understand is I don't care about your giftings or your talent as much as your heart. We used to use people on stages because they could move crowds, but there was nothing, there was no move of God, there was no spirit. And really, it boils down to who are you, pay, who are you playing for? What is the crowd you're looking for that to cheer you on? You look at Galatians 1 verse 10, the NIV version. I love it. And now, and, and I now, am, am I now trying to win the approval of men or God? Am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Bible says, I can't please men. Look what it says in Romans. I've taught you this. God's giftings and calling are under full warranty. They're never canceled. The most dangerous, meanest, bitter people I've ever met are the ones that are anointed but refuse to walk in it. And they force everyone else to live up to their lost expectations of life. Look what it says in Hebrews. About the cloud of witnesses. I love this. I love what it says in the, in the message Bible. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way. All these veterans are cheering us on. Bible says there's all these people cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. Love that. No parasitic sense. The things that cripple you, by the way. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished his race we were in. See, what you've got to realize is, but pastor, is it true that you can have natural born talent? Yes. Write that down. Natural born talent. What's a talent? Oh, a talent can be anything. You can have a sense of responsibility that creates a talent in your life. You can be an athlete and be talented. You can be a musician and be talented. You can have ownership of a job and your talent is for that. You have learned. Talent is an acquired skill. Sometimes genetics play a part. Mom and dad were musicians and it just comes natural for you. But most of the time a talent is something that you're born with or something that you acquire over a period of time of doing it over and over and over again and getting good at it. Right? Right? Not many people are like that six-year-old little girl that can suddenly sing like that. So it's a talent. It's something that grows on you. It's a combination of genetics. Some people are good with numbers. Some people can do math. And it just naturally comes to them. It's an awesome thing. It's almost the kiss from heaven. It's kind of like this. You have a body. And, and C.S. Lewis said it best. I love what he said. He said, we're not a body that happens to have a spirit. We're a spirit that happens to have a body. But it's kind of like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's like the three in one. It's like the egg, which is how you describe the Trinity. You've got a body and you've got a soul and a spirit. So you've got a body and you've got a talent and a gifting. Two different things I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you that many times you are born with talent or you acquire talent over a period of time. You get good at baseball. You're a talented baseball player because you get out there in the heat all summer long and you just keep throwing that ball. You just keep throwing it. You get good at pitching. See, what I'm talking about is I'm going somewhere, but I want to teach you that you can have talent and not have giftings and you can be gifted and not have talents. But if you ever put the two together, you're a world changer. What do you mean? All through God's word, it showed people that had talents. Look what Moses did. Moses, Exodus 31, verse 1 through 6. Moses is setting up the temple. God says, hey, there's people within the entire tribe of Israel. There's a whole group of people that can help you build the temple, Moses. Look at this. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have chosen Bezalel, Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with skill, ability and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. And it's cool? God says, I put that in him, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Moreover, I've appointed Oholiab, son of Hasamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I've given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I've commanded you. God says, I gave you the talents you have. It's your choice to act upon them. What do you mean? Remember David's mighty men? I love it when he describes David's mighty men. 2 Samuel 23, verse 20 says, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kebzeel who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. In other words, the Bible talks about some of the mighty men have the ability to just fight. They're just great at killing things. Now, I promise you it too. This guy did not, wasn't able to walk into a pit on a snowy day and kill a lion. But over a period of time. Are you getting this so far? See, I'm going to take you on a journey. It's a little little different today. I want to teach you that you can be gifted. Or you can be talented. I want to teach you that you can be talented or you can be gifted. But it's better when you have both. Maybe you don't understand. Remember Samson? Judges chapter 16, what happened? The Bible says that God spoke to Samson's father, Menorah. He said, hey, listen, I want you to raise this boy as a Nazarite. Three things. No strong drink, don't cut his hair, can't touch anything dead. What did Samson do? The Bible says that he was stronger than all the other men. He was a he-man with a she-man problem. But what you've got to realize is Samson probably didn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think he looked normal. But he had a touch. He was a judge. But he played with the anointing. Three different things. He drank. He touched dead things. He pulled honey out of a dead lion. He killed a bunch of people with the jawbone of a donkey. He wasn't supposed to touch that. And then, then we know what happens. The razor touches his hair. And he lost his power. But see, here's the problem. Most of us in this room, we have put a lid on God at that moment when we first got touched. And we think, well, that's as far as I can go. And God says, I want your talents to grow, but I also want you to step to the next level. My giftings. Two different things. Two totally different things. What do you mean? There's three categories of giftings in the Bible. Again, it's teaching time, okay? Number one, spiritual gifts are given to help all believers. What do you mean? Romans chapter 12 talks about it. It's called the gifts of grace. When you got saved. You can receive the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy. You can uh uh the gift of communication, the gift of serving others, teaching, exhorting, generosity, leadership, showing mercy. God says there's one level of gifts to come at the moment you bow your knee. I will give you that type of gifting. Man, if you ever meet somebody with the Romans 12 gifting, they they exhort. They always encourage others. That doesn't come from the devil. That doesn't come naturally. It's when the Spirit of God gets on somebody and they appreciate who they are. And if they like who they are, they'll also like who everybody else is. Find somebody that's insecure and they'll never compliment anybody else. How can I compliment them? I hate me. The gift of generosity. Because you understand where much is given, much is required. You understand if I give it away, I'll get blessed. That comes. An understanding, a gifting hits your life the moment you get saved, the Bible says. It's kind of cool. It's like God goes... There you go. And you're like, dude, I just want to bless somebody. How many people have I seen get saved? It's the drug dealer that walked up to me in New Mexico, pulled off a $10,000 Rolex and handed it to me. Presidential Rolex. Beautiful. Hands it to me. Just put this in your pocket. Middle altar call. Hundreds of people at the altars. I'm like, that's awesome. Feels like a watch. It's a heavy watch. I love watches. I get back to the room and I go, and he says, I have robbed from a generation for years. He's in his 30s. I've killed him. I've murdered him. He said, this was bought with drug money. I have to get rid of this. You know what God did to me? Two weeks later, I flew to Singapore. I'm standing in a service. You know what God did to me? Unbelievable. He said, give it away. Standing up in Singapore preaching, and I didn't know that a watch was a sign of covenant in Singapore. I looked at my dear friend, Pastor Young, who's sitting on the front row, and I said, here I, I was mad about it too but what's been given you got to give away oh you don't you're not getting this okay i'm gonna move on without y'all today i'm gonna preach to the, to the star number two spiritual giftings there's also the gifts that benefit of the others what do you mean first corinthians chapter 12 talks about it verse 7 now each to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good Stop, er, stop the car, Pentecostals. You're being baptized in the Holy Ghost or have the ability to prophesy or you're having the ability to minister to somebody has nothing to do with you. It is not about you. It is about bringing life to others. The gift of healing is not so you can go, oh, look what I touched. Oh, look what I did. God says we missed that first line. Every anointing that God gives someone, the second type of gift is the gifts for others. That's why you don't get it. Can he trust you with it? Well, I want to be able to lay hands on people and watch them get healed. (sighs) Nothing. Because you went around it wrong. I want to lay hands on somebody so they can get healed, even if no one ever sees my name or knows who I am. But they walk out of this place not limping, but dancing. They walk out of this place not in pain, but free of pain. If God says, if I can trust you with it, I'll give it to you. Somebody give him a praise. What's the third type of gifting that God gives to the church? Third level. Ephesians talks about it, chapter 4. It says, it was he who gave son to be apostles, son to be prophets, son to be evangelists, son to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. How many of you know there's still pastors out there? There's still prophets out there. Now, we don't like to talk about it because we'd rather have a three-finger God. What do you mean? It's the five fingers, the five fold. Apostle, prophet. The apostle can touch everything because he's walked at some point in the other four. The, the prophet, he's the pointer. I'm going to explain deeper in just a moment. The evangelist, then we've got, what, what does the Bible say? The pastor, he's the ring finger. He's married to the bride. Then you've got the teacher who brings balance to everything. Without this, you're not going to have balance. See, it's the fivefold. People don't teach on that anymore. Three types of giftings in the church. What are they? The gifts of grace, then the gifts that benefit others, the gifts of healing, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, wisdom, knowledge. Then there's the gifts given to the church. See, we don't preach about that. We don't like to talk about that. Who's the apostle? The apostle sets things in order, he's an overseer, brings discernment, correction. He has a father anointing, he or she does. A true apostle will many times carry around all four at different times. He becomes a master of all trades. He has the ability to meet others' expectations. Larry Stockstill, pastors. I call him the apostle. He pastors in Baton Rouge. He is there for me. I can call him about anything. Pastors 25,000 people, but he will speak into my life and say, Pat, do this, do this, do this. He helps Sean and I walk through things. Karen and I walk through things. He is an apostle. My dad is an apostle. We've cut that off in the church, and we've relegated it to some district office. Oh, I'm about to get on this Somebody that just asks you about your tithe That's not the role of an apostle An apostle walks in and says, how's your wife? How's your children? How's your marriage? How's your thought life? How's your family? How's your ministry? How's your failure spirit? How you doing with all that stuff? I believe this stuff, church The prophet, well, we don't want prophets Because they're weird Let me tell you something, a prophet just doesn't bring death He brings life He encourages you in your future He says, hey, do this. And usually most people possess two of the giftings. Apostles and prophets walk together. Pastors and teachers walk together. Evangelists will walk with the prophetic. See, you're not getting what I'm saying. I'm trying to explain this to you. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. It says this, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And the workers of miracles. Also, those having gifts of healing, those who are able to help others, those with the gifts of administration, those in speaking in different kinds of tongues, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? No. Do you all work miracles? Nada. For you that understand Spanish, that means no. Do you all have the gifts of healing? Do you all speak in tongues? Do you all interpret? But eagerly desire... That you get these. So not everybody's going to have this. What do you mean? Psalms 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Well, pastor, is one gifting greater than the other? Listen, it's not so much that one gifting is greater than the other or one office is greater than the other. They all complement each other. Yes, there's an order. There's always a direct line. But God says, let me bring the about... Well, well, Pastor, can everybody possess all the spiritual gifts? And by the way, the Bible is unlimited on spiritual giftings. It doesn't mention everything. I believe this with all my heart. I believe there's more and more. Now, some people have the wrong giftings. (laughs) The gift of whining. Those aren't from heaven. The gift of complaining. Not anybody at the summit. Let's talk about other churches. The gift of rudeness. The gift of arrogance. You know what that is? That's called a demon. All those things, we call them giftings. It's amazing. We'll watch a basketball player and go, he's gifted. No, he's not. He's talented. Big difference. He's not gifted. Because gifting comes from heaven above. Talent comes from the very DNA that God created, the healing DNA. You're not getting this yet. I'm just going to preach. So let me summarize this. What do you mean? To summarize the difference between spiritual gifts and talents, a talent is the result of genetics and training, while a spiritual uh, gift is the result of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. It's me at eight years old, in an altar call, at youth camp, camp ambassador, down by Clanton, on my knees, one o'clock in the morning, my father holding me, and the Holy Spirit... Kissing me with a new language called speaking in other tongues. Oh, you're going to go on that. No, move on. But see, I've learned that the greater the giftings, the greater the responsibility. Some of y'all think that's from Spider-Man. No, Spidey's uncle didn't come up with that. Look what it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 47. Bring that up for me. Luke 12, verse 47. It says this to the servant who knows the master. Knows what his master wants and ignores it. uh, I told him to pull that out. I'll I'll read it to you. Or instantly does whatever he pleases. He will be thoroughly thrashed. But if he does a poor job through ignorance, he'll get off with a slap on the hand. Great gifts mean great responsibility. Greater gifts, greater responsibility. That didn't come up with the uncle dying as Spider-Man was laying there. Remember that from the movie? Now you can, gotcha. No. That's Bible. God says, I will anoint you for more if I can trust you with more. I'll let you do this. There's nothing that stinks worse than a stagnant pool of oil. Go to a gas station where they drain it all out. Man, it gets nasty. I fell in one as a kid. I got stained for a week and beat for it. Listen. (laughs) What you have to understand is maybe, well, pastor, can I compare my gifts to others? Bible says you compare yourself to other people, you're a fool. But the Bible also says in Ephesians 4 verse 7 in the Message Bible not to be a copycat. Don't be a cheap imitation of a great original. Be you. Just be you. Don't try to be that other person. What do you mean? Are you getting this so far? See, aren't you, don't you wish you'd gone on vacation today? Watch. Ephesians 4 7. But that doesn't mean that you should all look and speak and act the same. One of the generosity of Christ, out of the generosity of Christ, each has been given his own gift. Jamie Montero, we raised Jamie up. Jamie's blowing it up across America. He does youth camps, does everything. When I first met Jamie, he came and hung out with me at a hotel in Vegas because he had a call in his life. He said, raise me up. I said, okay, travel with me for a year. Moved his family, traveled with us for a year, went broke for a year, used his retirement to do it. Now he's all over America. But I'll never forget one of the first places that I opened a door, helped open a door, because I want to be a butler, man. I just want to be a butler. I just want to open the door for people. I want to be a stagehand. Preaching about that next week just want to open the curtain God's glory. And I'll never forget my friend in Pennsylvania. I called him and I said, hey, how did Jamie do? I just spoke to about seven or 800 teenagers that weekend. He said he was great. He said, he might, I mean, you were great. I went, huh? He said, it was great having you here this weekend. I said, what do you mean? I said, dude, I'm not there. You know, Pennsylvania people. He goes, well, he preached like you. He sounded like you. He acted like you and he talked like you. And before I understood father, son, ship, and spirit. And I said, oh, man, I'm sorry. He said, well, if I would not wanted you, I'd have invited you. I invited him. I called Jamie and I said, Jamie, be yourself. And he goes, well, you become whoever is teaching you. And I said, I guess you're right. So don't worry about that then. See. I'm trying to go somewhere, but I, I told Jamie just be yourself. Now he's going to take on some attributes from me. You'll take on attributes from that whoever's taught you. That manager that trained you to be a great manager, you're going to take on their attributes. That that person of your business, you're going to take on their attributes, good and bad. See, you don't understand. Your talent is a bridge over troubled water. What do you mean? You have to realize God has given you talents that are supposed to be used as a bridge, as a gift to your, as, as a bridge to your assignment. The talent is your key to the door of ministry. You're not getting it yet. I've got to explain it better. Okay, look. What do you mean? Your talent pays the bills. Your gifting helps you from having too many bills. Okay, you didn't get it yet. Okay, watch. God has an assignment for you. He has a place and a plan. He never removes that plan. Remember Paul? He wrote most of the New Testament. Paul was a maker of tents. Some believe that's a tallit, which is a prayer shawl. And the Bible says that his side job was making tents. How many of you know he would, in, he would build the tent or the tabernacle for God? He would build those churches in Ephesus and Corinth and, and, and Philippi. But see, what Bible shows us in Acts chapter 16, someone else that not only had talents, but she had giftings. It's pretty brilliant right here if you ever look at this. Because Paul's sitting with a lady, a maker of purple, a woman with an entrepreneur anointing, but she also has a gift of hospitality. I'll prove it to you. So she has talent and she has giftings, the two together. And watch what happens. And she bought into the gift that God had given the church, the apostle. She did all three watch. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. The Bible says so much in that one little section of two verses right there. The Bible literally says she is an entrepreneur. She's talented. She has an ability to make finance. The Bible says she's very good with her hands. She's an artist. Bible says she has a gifting for hospitality and she had bought in to the gift that had been given to the church, the apostle. This woman had it going on. That's why Paul hung out with her. What do you mean? David had a sling. Killed giants. Bears, tigers, lions. Oh my. Sorry, I went and saw Wizard of Oz on Friday night. My niece and nephew are in it. And that's, that's a great example. My brother's side of the, my brother's family are very talented. Music and arts and that type of thing. But they're anointed. They pray in the spirit as they're getting ready, as they're walking around dressing rooms with people with major issues on Broadway. I watched my little niece and nephew playing munchkins and being soldiers, and they were just incredible. I was like, wow. See, I honor their giftings. Because I know that the talent led to the gifting and their giftings are now ministering to their talents because they walk around and they pray for people on the cast. You're not getting this yet. I am so going to preach just to Glenn. Now watch. God is saying, do you realize how many... bits David had a sling. But he was also a worshiper. His sling got him in the door of the palace. Being the, the, that was his talent. His gifting kept him in the palace as he would play worship and run the devil off. Are you getting this so far? How many businessmen have I met that have an entrepreneur anointing and they say, when I retire, I'm going to go overseas and build churches? Because their talent is now pulling out a gifting. It's saying, Generosity it's saying go to the next level what do you mean how many people are playing for the wrong people you're not called to dance with the stars you're not called to sing with the wrong people in fact the bible even warns us in matthew chapter 7 do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs if you do they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces asking it will be given to you see you don't understand god is saying i'm wanting to raise you up i've got dreams for you but i want to show you that yes you're talented in whatever it may be but you're also gifted I want to bring those two together like a bridge over troubled water. That talent, that thing you love doing. I want you to let that grow inside of you and let the giftings rise up. And together you'll become a complete believer. Are you with me so far? Here's the tough part. Talented people who do not let their giftings operate in their life are dangerous. I've met them. They'll cut you. What do you mean? Psalms 25, verse 9. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Not the haughty. It doesn't say anywhere in, his, in the Bible right here. You prideful people, I'm going to raise you up. No, it says you're going to fall. You people that think you've got it all together, that you're just the best and you're like, ooh, look at those weird people down there that can't do anything like me. I'm going to make you the kingdom. No. Sorry, that's the opposite of what God says. What do you mean? Talent people are dangerous. Why? They use their talents for their own gain. They're dangerous because they earn finances, but they go for riches. Proverbs 11.4 rich, um, uh, Riches won't help us in the day of judgment, but right living is a safeguard against death. They use talents, but the talents use them. They tend to believe they're the only one that are talented. They tend to believe that others are not as good as them. They tend to believe uh, to live by their emotions according to their victories. If they, if they don't have a victory, they're not going to be, you know. They get satisfied. See, it's the gifting inside of me that won't let my talent go to sleep. It's God saying, Pat, because you guys don't know the ninth grader that whose knees knocked and was so afraid to publicly speak. You don't know that guy, do you? The guy that was laying on his face in college, saying, "God, please use me. Do you want me to coach and be a teacher, or do you want me to? What do you want me to do, God?" And I walked into a chapel service where a guy named Mark Montaigne was preaching, an old missionary from Calcutta who's preaching away and they're singing a song if you can use anything Lord you can use me and I walked to the front and fell on my knees and all my friends that weren't really on fire for God were sitting over there going what's happening with Shats? What's what happened to him they didn't know I'd been up all night saying God can you use me but God I don't have any giftings my own teachers had told me don't preach you don't have the right voice for it see what you don't understand is God can take and if you will just say Lord talent me uh, use me let me grow in my craft let me become good at what I do then let the giftings of the Holy Spirit come together and it is perfect it's an oreo cookie man you got the cream right in the middle that's you just moldable that that part that's moldable but god says i'll bookend you on each side with talents and giftings and i'll use you just be available while everybody else is sitting in the gallery they become dangerous talented people because they run over people too many times they live trying to top their last performance. They, they have no grace for others that are less talented. They lose the ability to better themselves. Proverbs 3 verse 34 says this. He mocks proud mockers but gives grace to the humble. I skipped over a verse. I love this verse. Proverbs eleven two: The stuck up fall flat on their faces but down to earth people stand firm. <laughs> I love that. Hmm. Biffy, listen. <laughs> I don't know where stuff comes from. That was for Ty. He went to private school, Broward. Here we go. They don't need God. In fact, God just gets in their way. Talented people that don't have giftings that don't allow God's Spirit to move. That 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 whole. They don't get it. Cancel your calendar for two years. Start a church. Huh? Are you an idiot? One pastor sat in my living room and said, you're at the pinnacle. What are you thinking? And I went, I'm going to go, well, the devil was at the pinnacle and he, that whole thing of the wilderness, that really happened to me. God said, do it. I'll do whatever he tells me to do. See, I I don't know if I'm making sense today. I don't want to wear the wrong jewelry. Look at Psalm 73, verse 6. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From the callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of the minds knows no limits. Ephesians 4.2. Be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, talented people can be dangerous to hell, too. You know that, right? They're dangerous to hell if they walk in humility. Hell can't stand it when someone realizes they're good at something. If you ever figure out you're good at something. My grandmother was 60 years old when she realized she was a very good artist. Maybe, Maybe 50 years old. The last 15, 20 years of her life, she began to make pottery and sell it at flea markets. And she was the happiest she'd ever been because she realized she was good at something. You'd go to her house and, man, you'd get cooked because those kilns would be going. Sand everywhere. She was so happy. If you're talented but humble... Watch out, the world is your playground. They'll advance God's kingdom. I'm going to close with this. This is just kind of one of those discipleship words. It's that moment of staying teachable. Of saying, I don't want to mess up. Listen, church, no one is untouchable. If you ever get talented and gifted, let me just give you one warning. (tongue) Radar. You're on his radar. There's a lot of gifted people that never go after talents, and because of that, they're socially inept. There's a lot of talented people that never go after the giftings of God, therefore, just casting pearls among swine. But if you ever get gifted and talented, I want to warn you of this. If that were to happen to you, First Corinthians 10 says it best in verse 12. So think you're standing firm. Be careful you don't fall. No temptation sees you except what is common to man. But I love this. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also give you a door. When I feel temptation, I just start looking for a door. All right, what's up? There's a door somewhere in here because he said he will not let me get tempted beyond what I can handle. And I believe that I can fall. It's those that believe they can't fall, that's when talents have overridden giftings. Because if the Holy Spirit lives in you, he'll go, Stop! Stop! Run! You're not above the law. Romans 2 says it. If you're convinced that you're a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the, of the, uh, of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law of the embodiment of knowledge of truth. Verse 21, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? <laughs> Love that. You preach against stealing, do you actually steal? You say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor, abhor abhor idols, do you rob temples? You brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? It is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. In other words, the Bible says, if God so takes your talent and pushes it into your giftings, God says, don't be the opposite of what you preach. You know, James says this. James says there's a special place in hell for those who preach the gospel, but don't live it. That's scary. In other words... If I'm living a fake life, hell is hotter for me than the drug dealer out there killing kids. That's what the Bible says. You know why? Because where much is given, much is required. The greater the anointing, the greater the responsibility. Oh, you're not getting this yet, are you? There's nothing more powerful than people that are gifted yet broken. First Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, and he may lift you up in due time. A broken, gifted person carries with them an understanding for pain. A broken, gifted person never relies on just talent, but on God's spirit. They're teachable. They're moldable. You know what I've learned? (laughs) If you ever think you're great, let's kill you. Because you're going to turn to dirt. We're all going to end up dirt. But if you go ahead and say, God, I'm dying to me. Then he can take that dirt in this life. And begin to mold it because he's the potter. Isaiah said, does the potter tell the pottery, tell the potter how to make it? No. Church, is this making sense? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. God is, make, is able to make all grace, all charis, all charis, abound to you. So that in all things, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. God says, I'll give you whatever you want. Here's the problem. Okay, everybody look at me. You've never asked. You just never asked him you want me to do God did you give me my Romans 12 gifts yep we got saved something in there grace love something ministration management okay um gifts of spirit I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost ask for it and he'll give it to you Lord I want to flow in the gifts of healing okay go minister to hospitals and see what happens um Lord I'm feeling the call of God in the ministry ooh you sure? Psalms 51 verse 16 says it best. This is David and in his worst moment, his worst hour, his moment of falling. This is my favorite in the message Bible. It says this. Going through the motions, it don't please you, Lord. A flawless performance is nothing to you. <laughs> I love this. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. Okay. Stop, 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 Okay, this is so good. This is so stinking good. I love this. Holy cow, if I was Hindu. Watch. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. In other words, it's not till you come to the end of yourself. It's the beginning of God. My pride was shattered, and I went from la, 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 looking all good, handbells, ding, dong, ding. <laughs> anyway. Suddenly I moved from this stage, sounding like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And I walked through some storms. And suddenly I went into help me, Pastor Eric. Help me, help me, help me. Then suddenly I went to my knees and sing that song we sang And when I got to this place, heaven looked down. Fair because my Bible says. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. God says, when you got your heart shattered, I went, oh, there you are. Come on. You used to be over there. Then you walked a bridge called adversity. Glory to glory, there's always a bridge called adversity. I took you from your talent to your gifting. Let me breathe on you, my spirit. And that's why you go from worshiping to praying in the Holy Ghost. You go from worshiping. Is this making sense today? Here I am. Take me. Would you stand with me? As an old someday going to point at the fence like Ruth used to do. (laughs) Going to play in the major leagues. (laughs) You got to have dreams. I'm going to walk on the moon. I figured since they walked on the moon the day I was born, July 16th, 1969, I'm supposed to be an astronaut. Then I wanted to fly planes. All these little talents in me things. Some of my talents got me in trouble. Talk too much. Daydream. Jokester. Trust me, read my report cards. You would go, holy cow, this is our pastor. Somewhere along the way, though, maybe it was when I stopped this part on the bridge and watched my mom try to take her own life. Or maybe it was this part of the bridge where I visited my sister, that jailhouse in Tuscaloosa. Maybe it was right here when that cult group tried to steal Nate as a baby, had to put him in hiding, or Karen's head on collision. It was right there, or nightmares of. And then somewhere along the way, over in this area, talent ran into giftings, and obedience became the recipe to chew on. Not there yet. I got there's, well, there's a lot more bridge. Just think, don't think that's the end of the bridge. <laughs> a lot more bridge. A lot more bridge. I just want God to use me. I want to be a vessel. Rag in his hands to clean up messes. Am I right, Forerunners? Well, they're all gone. But a rag in the hands to clean up messes. Here's what I want to ask you, though. If you want God to use you, three things we've got to do. Number one, shut your eyes. How many you to say, Pastor, I have sin in my life that is stopping me from being used by God. I have things in my life that force me to rely on my talents and not the giftings. It just ain't fun no more. I'm bored. Pastor, I want to get my life cleaned up. And it's not even about the sin in my life, it's about the obedience. Obedience requires that I change. If I get obedience in my life, I'll stake another step across the bridge. How many say, Pastor, I need stuff out of my life? Raise your hand now. Raise it up. Be honest. Come on. Don't ask God for visions when your mind isn't pure. Don't ask God to give you a prophetic voice when you speak death to others. Don't ask God to give you joy when you're angry with everybody around you. Don't ask God to give you favor over the bride of Christ, gentlemen, when you won't preach your when you won't treat your bride right. So all those rules. So let's lift our hands and say, "Lord, come on everybody, lift your hands and say, "Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. In my disobedience, I've relied on yesterday. Today, I'm walking across the bridge a little farther. Jesus, take me into my giftings. Give me obedience. Now watch this. Say, Jesus, start me today on a journey To your commission Jesus I'm ready ready. One word Describes the anointing Ready Two words Obedience Faithfulness Somebody said, I saw it on Facebook last, and I don't even know who wrote it. Some guy, some kid, I don't even know who he wrote. If you'll blame yourself in the bad times, you'll take credit for the good times. Brilliant. Brilliant. So if you're walking through a tough season, quit blaming yourself. Walk in obedience. Lift your hands one last time and say, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Fill me with giftings. Anoint me for today. I'm so desperate to simply walk in God obedience. Here I am. Take me Sing this one last time with me. Yes. one last thing say Jesus I will ask of you nothing that doesn't cost me something remember what happened with David David counted the people he used his talents and counted the people and it sent a plague goes to buy a piece of land from Maruna who wanted to give it to him and he said oh no, no 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 I got myself in trouble <laughs> I will ask of the Lord nothing that doesn't cost me something You better be ready to pay a price for the call of God. Cost. But it's a, I always say to my kids, this ministry thing we do, because we have 10 rules in our family. And number 10 is without the ministry, we're okay. That's our 10 rule, number 10 rule. We're fine. Teach that at pastor's conferences. Without the ministry, I'm fine. I love getting to do it, but I'm fine. But I always say to my kids and to our family, isn't it cool we get to do, it's an excellent adventure. Thank you for listening. We pray that this word would sit in your spirit and transform you. For more information or to become a covenant partner with Mercy Seat Ministries and Evangelist Pat Karen Jacksline, you can log on to www.mercyseatministries.com.